Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by HipstersOfTheCoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at Patreon.com slash Leaving a Legacy. Magic is power. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I am your legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry. Me. What's up, Jerry? Oh, not much, Pat. I'm ready to go. It's fall. There's uh, pumpkin spice in the air. It's a cold, <laughs> rainy New England day. Oh, I it's it's it. my it's my favorite weather. Pat. I, I love I'm, it, man. I'm so like, excited. When I get to put the heat on in my car on the way to work, it's the best. <laughs> When I'm when I'm up when I'm up at four thirty and the sun isn't not isn't up by the time I get to work at like quarter quarter to six it's it's great I love it it uh it smells like football <laughs> it does it does <laughs> um, awesome all right well before we get into our with our into with our yeah, before we get into it with our awesome guest uh, we do want to just quickly plug the uh, the uh, uh, the Children's Organ Transplant Association for Wesley we are currently doing a silent auction on a Japanese bojuka bog is it foil Jerry. Yes, Japanese foil bajuka cool, bug. So. I've been informed it's it's not a silent auction; it's a blind <laughs> auction because I guess the terminology really matters. But yeah, we got we already got some bids in. So if you are interested, the way it works is send me a DM with your highest bid. At the end of two weeks, uh, we are going to choose the winner. The winner is whoever submits the highest bid. Everything's blind, so no one knows what anyone else is bidding. So bid generously; it all goes to charity. People. Awesome, yeah, uh, and it's since it's foil, it means you can eventually trade it in to get some money back, and you can just get a regular <laughs> Japanese bajuka bog like a normal human, and you can get rid of that terrible foil, and some other sucker can buy it for an exorbitant amount of money. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, awesome, yeah. So that's on the Facebook page. Uh, check it out if you guys want. Um, awesome. So, well, we have a great guest this week, Jerry. You want to introduce him? Yeah, we have the world-renowned. You know, I feel you achieve a certain level of fame when people just start referring to you by your initials, and I think our guest uh, can claim to have uh, have reached that level. Uh, welcome back, BBD. How's it going? Oh, it is going, and uh, for what it's worth, I was referred to by my initials long before anyone knew who I was, so disagree with everything you just said, but happy to I be like here. Everything you have said is wrong, and we are all dumber for having listened to it. <laughs> May God have mercy on your soul. Exactly. <laughs> I like it. Uh, thanks for coming on, bud. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Uh, but yeah, so we wanted to just kind of wrap up our thoughts from last week. Last week, we kind of went over my experience uh, with the GP in Richmond, and we kind of talked more about community things, so kind of wanted to bring you on to talk about the more competitive aspect of the GP and do kind of a bit of a breakdown of both of your per- tournament and just kind of where we think legacy is uh, ending up after the results. Right. Cause we know, we know Jerry's tournament report has nothing to do with the competitive <laughs> aspect of legacy. We have, we have a great idea of what the loser's bracket looks like. <laughs> you have to be a competitor to talk about competitive legacy, right, Jerry? You know what I realized too? And just, I don't mean to get us off topic right away, but something I was listening to the podcast last week. And I think I know why you gripe so much about, about side events, Jerry, is why? because if you were like, like a player like me and you just day two your events, you wouldn't need to worry about side events. So oh, next man. time, stop screaming. Rubbing out. 
<laughs> great insight, Pat. Great insight. <laughs> I mean, when you play so many of them, you know, you have it's more, true. I, more play, to uh, them. I play like two events a year, roughly. <laughs> Uh, I only have to get lucky twice a day, right, Pat? That's right. Hey, man. Whatever. <laughs> I have a good conversion rate. That's all I can say. You don't have to, I don't win any games in day two, but I make it to day two. <laughs> you don't even show up to day two. You make day two, and you're like, man, I had plans. I'm not going. Yeah, yeah. That happened in Worcester. Yeah, I was like 6-0 in Worcester. I'm like, oh, I, don't, I wish I had lost more games. <laughs> man, some people have it all, right, BBD? <laughs> Unfortunately, that's true. That, that is true. You, you, I mean, you are. This is a world champion saying this too. So I mean, I don't really. I don't know how much you know, how much stock you put in. And you say, yeah, some people have it all. Hey, man, I, I could complain about side events too. It's all good. Hell yeah! Tell the people what they want to hear. When was it? When was the I don't last know if they want to hear entered? that? But come on, how many side like how many side events have you actually entered in the last like two years? Uh, it's probably zero, to be honest. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Anyway. <laughs> oh, geez. All right. Well, let's let's get into the to the main topic here. Uh, what were you What were you playing, Brian? What, what was your list for the event? Uh, I played world renowned Rexus Control. <laughs> A wise man once said. Yep. I, <laughs> quoting directly from some of the wisest people I know. <laughs> World-renowned Grixis Control. Uh, I end up going eleven and four with the deck. That's not bad. Uh, when I ran, when I came up to you, uh, Pat had messaged me and was like, "Oh, BBD's on a tear. He's just he's winning all his matches." And then I'm like, "Oh, I hear you're doing great. You're you're going on a tear." And then you're like, "Yeah, in the wrong direction." <laughs> I just come up to you after you lost like your you like three in a row or something like oh. that. <laughs> yep, yep. I was uh, I was nine and one at one point. And then I was very, very quickly nine and three, so it's unfortunate. But uh, um, how did you feel about kind of just your deck choice for the weekend, though? I thought it was good. Um, I think if I had maybe had more time to test and was better uh, at Magic, I would have played Grixis Delver, <laughs> and then maybe done even better because I think that deck might be slightly superior. But uh, mm. I did think that Grixis was pretty good and I was very comfortable with the deck so I uh, can't complain at all about about going 11-4 with a, a deck that I know that like that nice yeah um so you you mentioned you kind of had some uh some spice in the list uh that differentiates it from the stock list what uh what's some notable inclusions you ran well, Spice and Legacy a lot of times is like a very minor change. <laughs> yeah, it's like, ooh, he's running four, three ponder instead of four. What innovation. <laughs> so I ran uh, 21 lands instead of 20. Oh. Wow. Yep. That was, that was big, uh, big changes from the, st- the standard lists. Um, but I think the, ma- the major thing that I had was I had two uh, Liliana's defeats in the sideboard because... I expected, yeah. for one, a lot of Lilianas, and also Gurmag Anglers and Death Shadows, and those cards are, can all be difficult for Grixis Control to beat, so uh, if I have Lilianas defeats and then four Snapcaster Mages, I should be able to uh, be pretty good in those matchups. Let's let's talk about that for a minute, because that took me by surprise right before the tournament. Um, Josh Sissio, who I was staying with, messaged me right before, and he's like, hey, do you have any of these? And he sent me Liliana's Defeat. I'm like, no, I don't own any of those cards. <laughs> Why are you playing them in your Legacy deck? And then he explained to me, and um, it does just seem to match up really well for what people were expecting the meta to be. So it's 
One black, is it a sorcery? Destroy target black creature or black planeswalker. If it's a Liliana, uh, what's the added effect if it's a Liliana? Uh, uh, controller loses three life. That's loses correct. Three life. Yep. Um, so, I mean, that's just kind of sugar on top. But really, it's just a one mana answer spell in black for uh, for Gurmag Angler. Yeah, killing Gurmag Angler. But Gurmag <laughs> is so good because it's one mana most of the time and dodges push and bolt, uh, which are... Uh, at least Lightning Bolt's probably the most played uh, removal spell. Push is pretty close. And mm-hmm. uh, just being able to dodge those is huge. And and then, like, at least with Grixis Control, like, I'm relying a lot on Baleful Strix, but a lot of these decks have also have Liliana the Last Hope. And that combination of Last Hope plus Gurmag Angler really makes it hard for my deck to deal with it. So um, being able to, to defeat both of those with a single card is pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, when looking at it, it just seems like a super, super narrow sideboard card, but it when it works, it's just so effective. Like, it reminds me of, like, the back in the old days of running, like, circle protections for, like, certain decks. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's basically along the same... It, uh, yeah, it's extraordinarily narrow, and you can play, like, less narrow cards like Dreadbore if you want, um, but I decided to go for the one-mana play against decks that have, like, Days and Spell Pierce. I just would rather have the defeat... Yeah, definitely. So I'm I'm actually surprised. So the the Liliana clause actually comes up more often than you'd expect. So you are aiming it at Liliana's fairly often. Yeah, I believe that Liliana Lost Hope is probably the best one of the top five cards, if not the best card in the format against Grixis Control. And so it's it's pretty important to have ways to to deal with it. Yeah. So I mean, it's just an example of you know what you're afraid of, and you know what you need to do in order to answer it. Yep. Nice. Um, so what were kind of your problem matchups for the event? Uh, so I felt like, so I lost to Lands. Uh, Lands is a deck that I don't think is that bad of a matchup for me, but it's also not one I would be like happy to play against. And I had actually cut some of my sideboard cards for Lands to make room for cards like Liliana's Defeat. Um, so that, that's a matchup that I think I'll probably go 50-50 against or maybe a little bit under in general. And, and that's basically, I just lost a close three-game match uh, to there. And then I lost to Grixis Delver, which I think is favored against Grixis Control. And mm-hmm. I lost to Miracles, which I um, thought was a really good matchup. But after having played it, uh, some of these new Miracle lists are playing like Accumulated Knowledge. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that a little later on. <laughs> yep, and they can just bury uh, Grixis and card advantage. So um, I basically lost to one of those versions of Miracles and felt like I was getting buried in card advantage, and it made me <laughs> feel like the matchup was, was pretty bad. And I and past that point, I actually... Oh, I lost to Eldrazi. I was going to say, I can't remember what I, what else I lost to. <laughs> lost to the Eldrazi Menace. So that's actually a good matchup for Grixis Control. I just got punished maximally for making the right decision and then making the uh and then so i made the the wrong decision in game one and got punished then i made the right decision and would have gotten rewarded if i had made the wrong decision again it was basically the same decision so. oh yeah <laughs> classic punishment there well it was in your head <laughs> uh so, so that, those were unfortunate, but I mean, bad beats just happen at a GP. When you run 15 leagues, it's so hard to run hot for that long. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of expected to go about twelve and three was my. I mean, that's that's. I mean, that's even better probably than I should have been expecting. But uh, based on how well I was performing on Magic Online with the deck, I was hoping for twelve and three. Uh, but mm-hmm. I can never be unhappy about eleven and four. It's, it's just a good finish. Yeah. I, I would kill for 11 and 4. It was, in fact, seven more wins than I got. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, just before we kind of dive into the top 16, uh, what was kind of just your takeaway of Legacy after the weekend? Just, you know, I don't know if you looked at the results like that night and we're studying, but just like, what was your takeaway just immediately after the GP? Um, so my, my, I think my major takeaway was that Miracles is just a better deck than I thought it was. Um, I have not been a huge fan of Miracles over the past few months, and I, I don't know, I just, I I just think it's a really clunky deck where sometimes you get stuck with a bunch of expensive cards in your hand, you're playing a low land count, the deck's super reliant on Brainstorm to be able to fix your draws and put Terminus back on top of your deck. Um... So I kind of had a, a lower opinion of Miracles, but based on its performance, uh, I think I'm just wrong about that. So that was probably my big big takeaway is that Miracles is, is way better than I thought it was. And judging by the success of that deck and also the blue-white Miracle deck in Modern, even though both of those decks are extremely clunky, sometimes just having really powerful cards can overcome any, like most amounts of clunkiness. So... Yeah, that's that's what I'm kind of taking away is like, yes, these decks are clunky and it's not just miracles. There's just a bunch of just really clunky decks in the format right now. But I just feel Legacy as a whole is real clunky. <laughs> like there is a like Legacy, I feel um, used to be a lot more streamlined, a lot more low to the ground. And now you just kind of have a bit more time to try things out in the format. Yeah, I think that. Deathrite Shaman really removed a lot of the clunkiness elements. Like, people are still playing the same cards they were playing before Deathrite, uh, mm-hmm. but the acceleration and uh, mana fixing of Deathrite kind of made clunky cards not clunky. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, definitely. I think that especially, back. like, uh, what Deathrite Shaman did was it put a premium on three drops because you're ex- able to accelerate on turn two into a three drop, whereas now we're seeing a little bit more two drops. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I totally agree with you, Jerry, that the, the, the it's it's more clunky than it was before because we still see some really like hyper efficient decks like Death Shadow and Rug Delver, um, you know that are still making waves, but yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I mean, they, they, they still exist. Like there are, there's always going to be aggro decks. I'm just saying, like on average, you're just more likely to be running into these slower, clunkier decks mm. than you are into running into these hyper-aggressive decks. Yeah, I think, like, Miracles being, like, one of the top decks, and then some form of Grixis also being, like, you know, either top dog or right below Miracles. Um, and then you also have Lands, which is another deck that is a little bit, uh, can be a little bit clunky, can be a little bit slower of a deck. I guess those three decks being, I think, probably the three of the better position decks in the format right now uh, might be a re- might be kind of, like, reflecting of that, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Well, that kind of segues into our uh, top 16. Speaking of uh, Rug Delver, like you mentioned, Rug Delver, I feel, was getting really shit on leading up to the GP. Everyone was saying it's not a good deck. Uh, People are still trying to play this deck Mm -hmm. like it's 2014. Mm -hmm. It's just not good anymore. 
And then lo and behold, Rug Delver puts up uh, two copies in the top sixteen, one in top eight. Yeah, man. So I I played Rug Delver right when uh, right when Death Red got banned because I thought that was going to be like the premium Delver deck, and I just just especially in the first few weeks of the format, I just really wasn't impressed with it. And a lot of that has to do with my inexperience of playing Delver decks that are also like mana denial decks because I haven't done that in the past because uh, Blue Red Delver, which is like you know my, obviously my pet deck, <clears throat> doesn't really care how many how many lands you put out because it's going to pop you anyway. Um, so I, I just, I think it was probably my inability to play that deck well, but also it was, wasn't very well positioned uh, right as soon as death Red got banned. But I really kind of like the list that uh, Alexander Chen was running at the, uh, at the grand prix. I thought that having 12 threats was a good spot for it to be in. Um, I like, like running like a two, two Tarmogoyf true name split because I felt like when I was running three or four Tarmogoyfs, it was just too many Tarmogoyfs. A lot of times I didn't want to draw that card. Um, and I also dig the one of divert in the main. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't even see that. That's spice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what what do you think, uh, BBD? Um, yeah. So Rug Delver was a deck that we uh, tested with some for the Pro Tour, uh, mostly as an enemy deck to test our other decks against it. And we were finding that uh, every single deck that we were testing. Uh, almost across the board was beating rug delver. Um, it was, it was by far the worst performing deck in our testing. So I'm kind of with you in thinking that it wasn't, it wasn't great, but, um, we've kind of seen, uh, the deck before, uh, be very bad and then get some new innovations and then be, uh, put up a decent performance again. And so I, I always have it in the back of my head as a deck that, uh, I think the stock builds of it are not particularly good, but there are ways to build the deck, I think, based on how the legacy metagame is shaping up to make it a, a good deck again. So uh, even though it wasn't a deck I would have picked to be in the top 16, it's not something that I uh, or picked two of them to be in the, in the top 16. It's not something that I would be like totally surprised to see. Yeah. What I'm actually most shocked about looking at this Delver deck is Rug Delver is still one of the most expensive decks in all of Legacy. I was shocked to see it's a $4,000 price tag for Rug Delver. Well, yeah, f- four, f- three Volcanics, three Trops will do that to you. Like, it's not cheap. Yeah. Well, I'm just surprised just, like, not being an Underground Sea deck. Like, oh, yeah, Usually sure. we've been seeing, like, the Underground Sea decks yeah. just... I feel Bug and Grixis just tend to have much more expensive cards because it's, you know, the kind of pile list mm-hmm. like we've seen check pile or just like oh here's a bunch of really good cards and really good cards tend to be really expensive yeah oh null rod is a 40 dollar card now yeah man awesome it did i'm glad i have like a place out of those i love that card <laughs> you're all ready for vintage yeah <laughs> <laughs> um real quick let's uh also in top uh 16 coming in in 14th place was saito with a uh, rug delver uh, real quick, I just wanted to point out he's running four Beaumont Courier in the uh, in his creature package, yeah. and three Hooting Mandrills. A very different creature package compared to uh, Andrew Chen's. Uh, or, I'm sorry, Alex Chen's uh, list. Yeah, I think I think that Hooting Mandrills is pretty good. I don't I don't really yeah. know that much about it, but I think it's a good card. <laughs> the green Gurmad, good card. You heard it, you heard it here first. <laughs> um, I know our friend Ian over at uh, the Dead Format, he's been testing a pretty uh, spicy Bantarug list, mm-hmm. running uh, basically very similar to this list, but instead of Bomat Couriers, it's running four Noble Hierarch, 
um, for acceleration to get a true name nemesis out uh, real quick. Hmm. Um, I I don't I don't really know how much I like the Bomac Courier, but it's definitely an interesting card. I think it's probably better than just just straight up better than uh than Nimble Mongoose, right? Yeah, I think that's really why a lot of people were shitting on Rug Delver is Nimble Mongoose is just not a good creature anymore. I think too, like so. One thing I want to mention: it it always felt bad playing Nimble Mongoose and uh, um, uh, Mandrills. Like you kind of wanted those both in the same deck, but they're like one sort of negates the other, so to speak. So I, I kind of like Bomat Courier and Hooting Mandrills in the deck here, and he's also running thirteen creatures, which is pretty. It seems like a kind of higher creature count for Rug Delver, but I guess when four of them don't have uh hexper or have shroud then it's probably necessary yeah i i kind of agree that so like my take is that nimble mongoose well my take on rug delver is that it's it's game plan is trying to wasteland and stifle you that's like mm-hmm. game plan number one um and it, it's basically it's basically a land destruction deck and those cards become really bad if you can't kill your opponent quickly because you give them time to draw out of it and I think that Nimble Mongoose, or Fugitive Wizard, as I like to refer to it as, um, does not provide the clock necessary to capitalize on such things. So I do think that having Bomat Courier, which is the same stats as, as Nimble Mongoose always is, um, but with Haste and then also Hooting Mandrills, uh, which, which can come down like pretty early, like turn three, uh, while also leaving up mana for stifles and, and spell pierces and stuff, I think that's seems to me like a better way to build the deck. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, going on to the other aggro deck of the format, I'm actually a little surprised we didn't see. Oh no, I'm sorry, I saw I missed the second copy there. Two copies of Death Shadow uh, with Noel Walker coming in fourth place with it. Um, this was kind of the boogeyman going into, uh, the GP. Uh, what did you kind of do to prepare for, for this matchup, uh, BBD? Well, I never tested against it at all, but good, good plan. <laughs> <laughs> but I did put, uh, two Liliana's defeats on my sideboard for, for it. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, I, uh, I never tested against it cause all I did was play some legacy leagues and I just never got paired against it, even though, I, so I was testing other decks, like I tested Miracles, and I got paired against Death Shadow like five times in two leagues, and that's not even an exaggeration. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to go back to testing Grixis, and then I just never got paired against it again. So, I don't know. <laughs> they were running but. scared. <laughs> um, do you think Death Shadow is kind of here to stay, or is this a flash in the pan? Um, I would say it's here to stay. I, I don't think it's a flash in the pan at all. Uh, I think the deck's good. Uh, and depending on the metagame, it can be great. I, I, I think, I feel pretty strongly that Dust Shadow is, like, one of the best decks in the format against combo. Um, yeah, it is miserable as a sneak and show player. I was terrified of it going into the weekend. Yeah, I bet. It's, like, hand disruption, uh, cheap Fast threats block. that kill you. Yeah, just cheap counter spells, everything about it. I mean, if they thought Caesar Gross were and then reanimate it, Oh yeah, <laughs> which I think happened on camera. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh, some yeah. that's some quality magic right there. Yeah, I think it was against a reanimator player. The Death Shadow uh, player thought seized reanimated. <laughs> that is that is dirty. Um, 
But I think it's kind of weak against some of the more fair decks, like like Snapcaster Plow, for example, uh, really punishes that deck pretty hard. Yeah, which uh, is what we kind of saw in the final results. Uh, we hinted at it before, but Miracles, top dog of uh, the GP. Uh, has Miracle? How many GPs has Miracles won? Does anyone know offhand? Uh, no, I don't think it's that many, actually. Yeah, I don't think so either. Because even during Miracles' heyday, it, it never quite like took down the top spot. Yeah, like there. Yeah, even during the heyday of Miracles, a lot of those GPs were won by other decks, like. Like Lands won a GP, Sneak and Show won a GP, like mm-hmm. Sultai won a GP, um, Infect won a GP. I'm trying to think, what else? I mean, it. Yeah, I, I, I didn't see a whole lot. Like, I don't think Miracles really actually won that many GPs. Yeah, I don't think so. I, like that's what I was wondering. Like, I'm wondering if this is the first GP Miracles has won, which is surprising that it's been so long. <laughs> it's certainly possible. Yeah. Um, looking at Andrew Cunha's list, and also congratulations to Andrew. Um, we see kind of a stock list. We know, we mentioned, um, kind of developing and I feel it's become more stock even after the GP, despite the results, um, accumulated knowledge miracles becoming more and more popular. Yeah. So that was a version I tested with, um, a friend of mine, Lawrence Harmon sent me the list with accumulated knowledge, said that he had been doing pretty well with it. Um, I tested with it, and I did think that accumulated knowledge was really good, Um, but I had some issues with Miracles, which mostly stemmed from the clunkiness aspect of the deck, uh, which is why I eventually didn't play it. But uh, I did think that the accumulated knowledge thing was was actually a pretty good innovation. So um, I I, I kind of expect to see more of that moving forward. You you have to dedicate a lot of slots in your deck to that, um, but the effect is pretty good. Yeah, especially, um, you know, I remember playing Accumulated Knowledge back in the day when it was, like, Intuition Accumulated Knowledge, and now that we have, like, Snapcaster Mage, like, Snapcastering Maging back Accumulated Knowledges after you've already cast a bunch is just an amazing feeling. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is. Snapcaster Draw (laughs) 3 is pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Other than that, I feel the the lists are fairly similar. Uh, Lawrence also sent me his most updated list that he's running. I'm thinking about actually running it for uh, the 40 Duel Land tournament out in St. Louis. Um, I kind of just really want to be casting some Swords to Plowshares right now. What did I tell you about that, Jerry? What? When you when you lie down with dogs, you rise up with fleas, my friend. So if you (laughs) you join the Miracles Cabal, that stink will be on you for the rest of your life, just so you know. Uh, but, but Pat, I want to I wanna taste victory for once. Gary, <laughs> <laughs> is there really any other victory that you want to have besides annihilating six someone's, like, all their permanence and then drawing seven off Grizzlebrand? Like, how could you want to win any uh, other way? I just really need to... Think about uh, it. You attack you for two with Snapcaster Mage. That's really fun. Well, I mean, that's what beat me in the GP. <laughs> <laughs> like, freaking ambush Viper Snapcaster Mage for the win. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no value, just... Turn to Snapcaster Mage, put clock on me. <laughs> hey, sometimes you need that quick clock, man. I will say if it's a 40 duel tournament, that back to basics is pretty good against duels, so... <laughs> yeah, wow, I didn't even think about that angle. <laughs> I can just get all my opponents to scoop, because I'm like, hey, if if I if I resolve this, those duel lands you win aren't going to do anything, <laughs> so you should just scoop to me anyways. Yep. <laughs> now, if it was like a 40 basic tournament, then... 
I guess that's that's actually a nice uh, segue to. Did you guys see the spoiler that came out today? No. Speaking of basics, <laughs> what spoiler are you talking about? What? Uh, Assassin's is it, is it, trophy. Is it slightly slightly less abrupt? Okay. It's, it's slightly less. Are you mad? <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, Ass Trophy, as it has been already been nicknamed. Nice. <laughs> ass Trophy? Ass Trophy. <laughs> Assassin's Trophy. Um, green and a black for an instant. Destroy target permanent. Not non-land, just target permanent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> its controller searches their library for a basic land and puts it into play. The, you know what I like about this card? I think this is the cleanest answer we've had to any Planeswalker, right? Because I think the only other answer we've had was, be- well... I guess we had Heroes Downfall and we had um, Abrupt Decay, uh, Dreadbore, or not, right? ab- not Abrupt Decay, yeah, Dreadbore. But this is this is like a better Dreadbore, right? Yeah, I mean it's it's a better Abrupt Decay. I mean there are corner cases where Abrupt Decay is still going to be better, like against Chalice decks and Counterbalance right. decks. But like this card, I feel is going to eat a huge chunk of the slots that Abrupt Decay normally fits in. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose so. I don't know, man. Like Legacy is a format where there's a lot of counter magic, and I think Abrupt Decay really benefits from being un- an uncounterable spell. I don't know how often this is going to replace Abrupt Decay. Like, I- I- it's certainly very powerful. Don't get me wrong, and I don't want to. I think just be on the wrong to- side of history here and say that it's not a very <laughs> powerful. It's clearly, it's clearly extremely good. Um, I just think that in a in a format where you can't afford to get even one for one, a lot of times, like. Uh, having an un- uncounterable spell is is pretty significant. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Abrupt Decay is still going to see play. Abrupt Decay is still going to be great, but like I'm thinking it's like a 3-1 split, like three in favor of Assassin's Trophy. Just like like we said, Gurmag Angler is such a huge problem for a lot of decks, mm-hmm. and the biggest reason with it is it can't be Lightning Bolt, it can't be Abrupt Decay, it can't be Fatal Push, but it can Assassin's Trophy. Yeah, that's fair. I'm um, also just being... Uh, being able to get Jace and other big stuff, but yeah, go ahead, BBD. I was going to say, I think it depends uh, some on the, the deck as well. Like, yes. Um, for example, I think in in like a uh, Soul Tide Delver strategy, this card's going to be really nice because it also doubles as additional wastelands against decks that don't have basics. Um, and those decks tend to struggle really hard with Jace the Mind Sculptor, so I think I think this card will be probably better in those decks, but. I think there's going to be scenarios or matchups where like you have to get rid of counterbalance or you have to get rid of um, chalice on two or something like that. And, and that's where decay will shine. So I, I don't think it's um, strictly better than abrupt decay. Uh, mm-hmm. But I also think it's, it certainly has wider application and who knows. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely decks like storm. Like I don't see storm ever cutting abrupt decays for this because anything storm cares about costs less than three. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do think one of the biggest benefits of Assassin's Trophy and what really floored me when I first read it is that it can hit lands like Vindicate. Like people forget, like sometimes Vindicate's best mode was when he used it as a stone rain, just blowing up a land. You mean Vindicate's only mode? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Vindicate's only mode, stone rain. It is a stone rain for white and black, which makes it infinitely better. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, I remember in the old days, like four vindicate, four sinkhole. Like, oh, that was some dirty fun. <laughs> People playing uh, cards so- like acidic slime. I'm talking. I, I I don't understand it. I just like to snapcaster vindicate their lands. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, do you th- like? I'm excited because this kind of signals to me that maybe Wizards is lightening up on their land destruction policy. Like for the longest time, Wizards refused to print a decent land destruction spell. Yeah, I mean, I think that because the controller gets to search for a basic, it's not really land destruction in the traditional sense, and in like uh, standard, it's never going to be land destruction. Every deck's going to have basics. And um, in in modern, most decks have basics as well. So I, I kind of, I actually really, really like the design of this card, and I think it's it's a way for them to uh, punish cards like Search for Scanta or uh, or other cards like that in in uh, standard and modern without the draw with the drawback being uh, like relevant. Um, and then in Legacy, it's just a it's just a really powerful card. But Legacy can handle powerful cards like this. So, right. Yeah. Uh, someone kind of brought up the tinfoil hat theory, and I think it's more coincidence, but it is kind of a funny uh, thing to notice. Is it seems like whether Wizards is intending to or not, uh, Legacy is almost moving towards a more basic centric format like for the longest time it used to be legacy was a zero basic format like you would be surprised to find basic lands and now we're seeing more and more decks running a handful of basics in their list no matter what whether it's because of the rise of back to basics now with assassin's trophy that's going to put additional pressure on people to run a couple basics in their lists um i feel it's really kind of warp not i don't want to say warping because warping has a bad connotation but it's definitely affecting the way players design their lists and design their mana bases i'm also curious how much of that jerry is out of like the necessity i mean i don't like to go into a lot of what it costs to play legacy but uh, that's probably also a factor here too that we see like you know it's not as easy to run for you know underground seas in your in all your decks oh so we got away sorry i didn't mean to interrupt but it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy it's like someone runs a budget list because they can't afford that fourth dual land so they run a basic someone they do well someone sees it and copies it and it just kind of like spirals off from there yeah but also just like in general like the premium that that duels are getting now like i I can't i think we can't discount that that kind of idea that like maybe some people are running you know more more basics than they necessarily need to just because it's uh can knock a thousand dollars off your deck pretty easily yeah, I mean, single underground seas is eight hundred dollars. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. <laughs> uh, what are what are your thoughts on that? Um, I'm not sure about the whole uh, basic thing that you guys are talking about there, but I do think that basics have have seen more play. Mm-hmm. Um, probably because well, for a while there, Red Prison was like one of the most popular decks, um, mm-hmm. and I think people added basics to their deck uh, largely because of that, and then just kind of stuck with it. Um, and like, even like sneak and show kind of having a resurgence after the bannings is a deck that plays blood moon, um, things like that. Miracles can play ruination or blood moon in addition, like if they're not playing the back to basics version. So I I think that, that the value of basic lands has, has really skyrocketed because people are hating on non-basic so much more because it's, I guess it's just a winning strategy. I mean, I've always been a huge proponent of blood moon and legacy because it's free wins and i think people are starting to capitalize on that and then reactionary people are reacting to that by adding more basics uh especially without death right shaman to help you fight from under some of these effects i think sometimes you just need more basics to not be locked out yeah fair points um 
how would you kind of rate Assassin's Trophy on kind of a 1 to 10 with 1 being unplayable and 10 being, you know, uh, completely bannable? Um, I would say it's probably a 7. Yeah. What about you, Pat? Um, yeah, I th- I probably concur with that. It's probably like a 7. Yeah. Six, 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 seven, five, so a 7. We'll split hairs. <laughs> Good. Uh, I'd say it's like eight in a deck that really wants it and a six in a deck that's, you know, so-so. Like, I definitely think it's a card that some decks are going to take much more advantage of um, than even people are kind of predicting right now at first glance. Did, did you just suggest that a card is going to be better in a deck that really wants it and not as good in a deck that doesn't want it? Yeah, it's called the John Madden style of <laughs> podcasting, Pat. <laughs> I just want to make sure that's what I heard. All right, cool. All right, Generally, the person who gets their opponent to uh, less than zero life first uh, wins. Yeah, wins yeah. De- like, like, definitely, like, Terminus is good in a deck that runs, uh, has access to white mana. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though. <laughs> like, there are going to be some decks that are better set up to punish yeah. their opponents. And, like, uh, Sam, Sam Rooks actually made this funny point in uh, chat earlier today. He was like, I can't wait for all the people who will run like a single copy of a basic in their list for Assassin's Trophy and then they draw it in their opening hand and then get Assassin's Trophied anyways. It's <laughs> <laughs> like like I feel I feel it's gonna do some wonky things when it first comes out where people are gonna kinda make some bad decisions deck building because of it. Okay. Perhaps. I I I agree. I think um I think adjusting your deck be, be with this card in mind is probably a mistake. For example, uh, like the Delver decks, uh, they don't play any basic lands, most of them at least, and uh, they already have to deal with wastelands. You know, people play Sinkhole sometimes, like Blood Moon, etc. Like, they already have to deal with the fact that they have no basic lands and people are attacking their mana. That I think if people start going overboard and adding like two basics to their Delver decks so that they don't get got by Assassin's Trophy, uh, that's going to be a huge mistake because there's already those effects already kind of exist and those Delver decks have decided that playing basics is still worse than uh, than not even in the presence of those effects. So, hmm. right. Um, what I'm actually kind of excited for is uh, a lot of my Pox friends are excited. Uh, I feel I feel I don't think Green Black Pox is ever going to be tier one, but I think Green Black Pox is going to come back from being strictly unplayable to at least being like respectable to sleeve up again. How many Pox friends do you have, Jerry? Is it more I, than two? Yeah, I have more than, than two Pox friends. <laughs> Jeez, what kind of people the, do you hang out with, Jerry? Well, the, no, the thing is, is I'm like they're all islands. None of them are friends with each other. I'm friends with all of them independently, and they don't talk to anyone because box players can only ever have uh, one friend at a time. Because over that, they have to start sacrificing friends. Gotcha. <laughs> Otherwise, the disease spreads. Like you can't have that. I thought exactly. we, I thought we, I thought we dealt with box hundreds of years ago. But. <laughs> nope, coming back with a vengeance. It's all those anti-vaxxers. Um, so you're saying I mean, that Pox went from strictly unplayable to abruptly unplayable? Or how is that? <laughs> Abrupt decay is still a good card. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm just really like, I really just want to sleeve up like four sinkhole, four assassin's trophy. Like that right there just seems really fun to me. <laughs> sure. Yep. No? Okay. No. Uh, that, that, that does sound fun for one one of the players in the, in the game. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Just one of us. <laughs> you can put Snapcasters in there too, Jerry. Yeah, I'm like making a making a bug list. Well, if I do Snapcasters, then I can also do Stifles. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but maybe I wanted to be a Chalice deck. Maybe I want to run Mox Diamonds and some Chalices, like Snapcaster, him to Torak. Assassin's Trophy, and if I run chalices, I can't run stifles. There's so many different directions to go in, Pat. No. I don't know where to go. <laughs> what, what, Tom, when are you playing this deck in a tournament? Where? <laughs> Should I play it for the 40 duels? I mean, it's going to be legal for the 40 duels tournament. <laughs> Tell me when and where, because I'll show up with a sacred ground deck. Don't think I will. <laughs> It's like you go up to the head judge. I would like to play Jerry. Uh, that's that's not how this works. You just glower at him. I would like to play Jerry. <laughs> I'm like sitting next to you and I see you get beat. I'm like, uh, I'll concede. Yeah. <laughs> concede to my opponent. Keep the same record. <laughs> I'll see you in the 0-9 bracket, Jerry. Yep. <laughs> If there's an odd number of players, one of us is getting a buy. Otherwise, we are going to battle. <laughs> All right, you're on. Next GP. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I skipped around a little bit. What, what are the, oh, Modern Frame. We want to get into that, Pat? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't feel like... Um, I don't have like strong thoughts on this. I guess you can go over this real quick. Yeah, because you've been pl- you like you can tell when a player started playing Magic depending on how they feel about the subject because it's well, either like the best thing or the worst thing. Well, no, it's it, I wouldn't even say it's or that, not the, or I, not the worst. It's either the best thing or they just don't care. Right? Yeah, because I started playing back in like '97, but I also don't really care about my card frames as much as other people do. But yeah. Um. So to bring you into the loop, uh, uh Brian. Um, okay. While I was at the GP, uh, we was talking, and it came to my attention from an undisclosed source that uh, Wizards is uh, planning on bringing back the old border frame. And what they're kind of doing research on right now is what cards that have only been printed uh, as uh, modern border cards would be sweet to reprint in the old border. Kind of like the... Uh, uh, like Dark Confidant, uh, the the Judge promo, Dark, Dark Confidant, and Judge promo, Sword of Fire and Ice. Gotcha. Um, so they're wondering, you know, and I think the way it was laid out is that it's not necessarily going to be Judge promos, but going to be kind of either like the spell book or Expeditions, because they said, you know, what cards, not necessarily money cards, but like also commons and uncommons, would you want to see reprinted in the old border? Um. Do you have strong opinions about kind of the borders of your cards? Um, not really. I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't like the new, the newest border that much personally, but, uh, other than that, I, I don't have, I don't have super strong opinions on it. I do really like the old artifact frame though. So my suggestion would be an artifact. Like I would suggest, I think my, the first one that comes to mind for me is batter skull. Hmm. Yeah, I think Batterskull, even if they kept the original art, like that original art, I feel looks sweet in the old frame. Oh, the art is 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 a delight on Batterskull, I agree. Oh, yeah. Isn't it your token? <laughs> your uh, your SCG token? It is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they print a Batterskull in the old frame like as a promo, or am I making that up? Uh, I think you're probably thinking of like a proxy guy, like proxy guy has put those together. Oh, okay. And I'm sure there's like a million renderings online of sure. it, just because it looks so perfect in the old frame. Gotcha. Um, I, I would like an artifact, but mine actually is a colored artifact. I think Baleful Strix would look sweet in the old frame. I can see that. 
the thing is, I don't know what the old frame would look like because I don't think they had colored artifacts ever in the old frame. They, I think did, that was in- they did not. To my to my understanding, I think, uh, accepting like it, 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 unless you're counting Trans Guild Courier or whatever, I think uh, I think Alara was the first time they did that. Yeah. So they would it would almost be like, <laughs> what would their take be uh, on how to make an old school multicolored artifact frame? Yeah, that would be cool. The to old see. school, yeah, the old school gold border was kind of just like <laughs> mud colors, or not mud, but just like brownish, greenish, like goldish yeah, colors. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was strange. The gold border was strange. I agree with that. I I like the the way it's done, at least for gold cards now, way more. Mm. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, for me, I think my big picks for the old frame, were, especially for the cheaper cards, is I would love to see, like, Ponder. Like, hmm. I think Ponder would be amazing in the old frame. Hmm. Um, Life from the Loam would be another good one. Um, I think Thought Season old frame people would really like. Um, and I think, obviously, I think you just need to have a Planeswalker in the old frame, just so we can say we have an old frame Planeswalker. And I just feel like probably Jace the Mind Sculptor is probably the best choice for that. I guess that'd be cool. I don't know how it would look in the old frame because they weren't exactly formatted to do the Planeswalker style formatting, but sure. I think if you're going to do an old frame Planeswalker and it's only going to happen once ever, you got to pick the best of all time. So it's it's either Tybalt or Bust. <laughs> <laughs> that would be such an epic troll. It's like old frame Planeswalker. Get ready, people. <laughs> It's like <laughs> uh, you went with the dual decks of Johnny vs. Bolas. <laughs> yep, like <laughs> just some like random planeswalker. <laughs> um, so, all right, I thought people would have stronger opinions about that, but I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, Brian and I both like, eh. yeah, all sure. right. I, gu- I guess only one of us has deep seated nostalgia and bases their <laughs> self worth off of it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's that's definitely you. Yeah, I've never really been a super big nostalgia person uh, when it comes to things, um, but I do think that uh, I do think it's cool. But uh, I kind of have what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, where you're just you just there's too much of something and it it loses all value to you. Hmm. Um, yeah, there's like when it comes to just like supplemental products and like printing, you know, cool looking planeswalkers and cool looking of these cards and like the invocations and all that kind of stuff. It's just like, it's overload on that kind of stuff. And it's just kind of like hard for me to get into any of it because there's so much of it. Hmm. Yeah. That's kind of a good point. just about magic overall. I do feel like we have been having too many supplemental products and it's kind of reminding, making me worried and making me think of like the comic book craze of the nineties. Like comic books used to be huge and collectible and worth lots and lots of money and then comic book companies are like, oh, we can make a shit ton. Let's print like 30 different alternate editions of every comic book cover so people have to buy them all. And then eventually people just got fed up with it and stopped buying entirely and the market fell out. Like, I feel that could be a very dangerous thing if Wizards, uh, you know, strays too much in that direction. If the market falls out, I'm going to buy up all the reserve list cards I can find. I can't wait. How's that uh, collection of Beanie Babies you got under your porch? Let it crumble. <laughs> Let it crumble. <laughs> I want to see it burn. <laughs> someday, someday, Brian, I'll tell you about my uh, my idea for how to repeal the reserve list. Not tonight. Not tonight. Right. It's a long, it's a long diatribe, but it's really good. Jerry can attest; it's a fucking awesome idea. I'm, I'm interested to hear it, but not tonight. Not tonight. Not tonight. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, uh, Jerry, um, what else do we need to cover before we uh, start wrapping up here, buddy? Uh, I mean, I think that that covers pretty much all of it. Uh, just, uh, I guess the dual land tournaments coming up pretty soon, Pat, I got to book the Airbnb. I found some sweet ones that are within walking distance of the store. Sick. Yeah. I got to do flights, uh, this week too. They just dropped, they dropped to like 300 bucks. So book a couple flights. We'll get down there and, uh, have some nice barbecue, uh, you'll scrub out, of course. I'll make it to the finals. And, uh... I, I'm okay because okay, side events, there's a bar in this game shop. So side events are just like shot lines. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, awesome. BBD, right. you, should, you should come to St. Louis uh, October 6th and play some Legacy. <laughs> Uh, we'll see, but I, when I say that, I mean, that's, that's almost certainly not going to happen, but, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll still leave some hope, you know? Sure, sure. <laughs> You're saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yep, there's one in a million. <laughs> All right, I'll see you there. <laughs> Um, uh, all right, Jerry, who, uh, well, let's get into scoops this week. Uh, who are you scooping in this week? Goops? Well, definitely scooping on uh, BBD. Thanks very much for coming on. Always a pleasure having you on, man. You're welcome. Uh, and for my other scoops, um, I don't, uh, man, I was so focused on my poops, Pat, that I, I didn't know who to scoop in, so I'm going to pass. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, who are, who, who are your poops this week? Uh, fucking Ikea furniture, man. Goddamn little assembling things with, uh, like little screws and, and like little wrench things that don't have names and they're just weird shapes and you lose them and they fall between the cracks. And, uh, listen, man, I, I don't think anyone needs to put up with it to hell with Swedish furniture. I mean, that's what you get for buying like furniture from, uh, from a socialist country like, what do you expect wow like, honestly like wow you could, you, could, you could be an american and buy something made in america with real stuff or you can go buy a gleekensplall from fucking i've actually never stepped foot in an ikea and i never will unless it's to burn it down <laughs> dear god pat the only allen wrenches i use are for my guitar jerry that's it <laughs> For what it's worth, I do not have strong opinions either way about IKEA. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, we're gonna get fucking hate mail. People are gonna think you're some like conservative. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna start telling. I'm just gonna start telling people. Like, yep, yeah, Trump, uh, Pat, yeah, huge Trump fan. I huge feel that. Trump I feel fan. like now that Alex Jones has been banned from all social media, there's a big vacuum to fill there, and you know, someone's want to step into that role, Jerry. I'm going to echo uh, BBD here. I also would like to say that uh, Pat's views are entirely his own. <laughs> Leaving a legacy will not be selling dietary supplements. <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to scoop in. I'm going to scoop in BBD as well. Thanks for coming on, man. It's always a pleasure. Um, no problem. It's fun. <laughs> I'm going to poop it on Jerry, uh, complaining about side events. Be a, be a real man, Jerry. Make day two. You don't have to worry about side events. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't poop on socialism while you're at it. <laughs> they know where I stand on that. I don't have to keep, keep Harvard on that. Uh, your your views just dumbfound me because beauty. I'll give you a hint. Pat's reprint policy is basically a socialist utopia. So what are you talking about? <laughs> it's, been, it's, been, no, it's not. It's absolutely not. It's actually a great way to to, to fund uh to like for Watsy to make like some excellent cash grabs, <laughs> and actually it actually helps visibility of the Pro Tour. Listen, I'm not, I'm not gonna get into it, Jerry. You can't bait me into it, all right? 
I like a best solution to the reserve list can be summed up as Watsy making cash grabs. No, no, I'm nice. saying it would allow them to grab cash, like you know, easily. That's, what that's, the, that's their that's their business, man. They're there to make money. Jesus <laughs> Christ, who are you? You're not the man I started this podcast with. You've changed. Three, three years of podcasts we have week, Jerry. We'll do this to a person. You've changed, and not for the better. <laughs> I'm pretty sure our listeners think we're going through a divorce because all our all the comments on last week's episode was that we bickered yeah. nonstop the entire episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had a very mom and dad are fighting vibe. That's fine. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> All right, let's bring this back to reality. Uh, BBD, who are you scooping in? Uh, I'm not scooping in anybody because I'm a Good. mad hater. <laughs> but I will poop on a lot of things. So, All right, yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's the fun part. Yeah, I'm going to go for pooping on my, uh, my Note 5, which decided to give up the goose right before a 10-hour trip home from Detroit. Oh. <laughs> oh no! And uh, and I'm also gonna poop on uh, four magic cards: Emerald, the Aeon's Torn, Bristle Brand, Whoa, Show and Tell, and Sneak Attack. And that's that's it. I that's feel attacked. <laughs> Daggers. <laughs> I feel attacked. <laughs> All right. Uh, they they do you dirty, or you just just because? Oh, they haven't they haven't done me dirty recently at all just <laughs> random random hate just random hate. i just i look at your i look at your face because i just want to punch it <laughs> <laughs> great all right well you can find jerry at jme3rd on twitter you can find me at pat uglo you can find brian at uh brown doing it <laughs> on twitter <laughs> yes uh you can find the show uh on patreon patreon.com slash leaving legacy Find us on Hipsters. Stream is twitch.tv slash legacy. Join the Facebook group and email dickpics and deckpics, leavingalegacy at hipstersofthecoast.com. And we'll check you all next week. Come on down to Brunton! Never a safe as a friend!